The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to Pain.tv slash gold. Happy Sunday, Monday morning, whatever it is out there, whenever you're listening, folks. I hope you had a wonderful weekend. Uh, today, I am very, very lucky, folks. So I cooked a big breakfast for my wife with farm fresh eggs, green peppers, red chili peppers, feta cheese, spinach, this stinky uh, blue cheese that we got, um, some uh, what is it? cheddar cheese, sausage from uh, organic sausage from this butcher that we go to. And so I made this huge omelet, folks. It was fantastic. And so we woofed that down, and now my wife is upstairs cooking hunter stew bigos bigos as they call it in poland and this has these uh three four hour roasted ribs these really meaty ribs kielbasa that's grilled up mushrooms onions bacon uh we got some steak tips from the butcher organic steak and then uh, sauerkraut so she's cooking that up and we're going to eat that for dinner and then freeze a bunch of it we've been freezing a lot of food so that we have meals prepared for the first uh, month after the baby is born and then her mother arrives here from poland she'll be here for a few months wonderful woman i don't understand a thing she's saying but uh i think in a way that's a good thing folks it's a good thing a mother-in-law that i get get along with so she'll be here for a few months helping us out and then my sister lives near me, so she'll be around to help out uh, when we need uh, some reinforcements. So everything is going great. So my wife could go into labor at any moment, and I'll have to just stop this transmission. But that's okay. I'll keep you guys posted. Uh, something I wanted to bring up quickly. I saw someone on Twitter just mention that someone uh, who was friends of theirs was having trouble getting into the United States via uh canadian land crossing because they were not vaccinated the last i checked folks you cannot get into the united states if you are not a united states citizen without being vaccinated i do not believe you can have your h1b visa approved your green card anything like that unless you are vaccinated and from what i've been told the united states is the last country that still has this on the books and so this person was complaining obviously the tweet got a lot of action a lot of interaction because this is a hot topic folks let me tell you something and i'm not going to implicate myself in a crime here but from what i have seen in my travels over the last couple of years around the united states uh, over to europe is that there really isn't a database now when they test you okay 
and you needed a test to get into certain countries for a while, they were giving you a piece of paper with a QR code on it. And so they were able to scan that. All a QR code is is a short link to a website URL or a direct URL to a database that would pull up from some master system. And I didn't spend a lot of time researching this because I just tried to avoid situations in which I would need something like that. But from what I can tell coming into the United States, you basically just need a card. Okay, a piece of paper. And let me just say, I needed something like this to get into a couple of clubs down in New Orleans during uh, last Christmas. I needed this to get into a Broadway show. And so, you know what, folks? I made one. All right. Now, I wouldn't try to pass that by TSA or any government officials, but uh, from what I understand, this stuff is readily available. And there are black market doctors here in the United States, as well as in Europe and other places, that are known to basically put your name in a system attached to a vaccine vial number. And so you can get yourself some paper. Sometimes I wondered how people like Whitney Webb, who talks about technocracy, transhumanism, Jeffrey Epstein, the criminal cabals that run all of these various governments, was going around from England to Chile to United States and other places without being vaccinated. Maybe she did something like that. So it's out there, folks. You have to learn how to navigate this matrix. You have to learn what you're willing to put up with and what you're willing to risk let's say getting in trouble for in order to work around the system it's just the reality of what we live in today the tyrannical worldwide government we live under and so be creative folks use your resources poke around ask questions network with people that are like-minded and you will eventually find solutions to these problems now i will advise you public service announcement here from someone who cares deeply about you as i consider you my friends and basically my family here at the show do not get yourself into trouble talking to people about doing something that is deemed to be against the law like passing fake papers at a government checkpoint don't talk about that on twitter or facebook or whatsapp or telegram or any of these other platforms that are not owned by, say, an individual. For instance, let's say pain.tv slash gold. If you believe you can trust Mike Moore, I mean, I obviously trust him. I'm in business with him. He syndicates my podcast for me. Uh, and you want to talk about that at pain.tv slash gold. I would still be careful about that because stuff on that platform may be, um, you know, I don't know if they ever subpoena him. I know Mike would fight to the death to protect it but you never know folks so just be careful if you find someone you trust maybe talk offline to them over the phone Um, just be careful about discussing this stuff in places that could be tapped all right and so i just want to let you know though there's solutions out there to every problem the more the government does this the more black markets will flourish folks all right a couple of things i want to discuss 
today. It's Sunday. Uh, I am not in the mood to go back to Dr. James Giordano yet, although we have about 25 minutes left in that lecture. It's just sort of too dark for me to cover this Sunday. So what I'm going to do is I want to discuss an article that just came out in the Washington Post about Elon Musk and how there's this supposed fight going on between Elon Musk and the bureaucrats and elected officials in Washington, D.C. Although I believe the majority of, it, a majority of this story, this narrative, is pretty much concocted, a lot of it is misdirection, I think it's important for you to understand how this stuff works. So we'll use the review of this article as a teaching moment in this palace intrigue battle between the technocrats and the government, okay, which it is not a battle because the government is actually funding this uh, puppet technocrat Elon Musk. Then I'm going to get into a story that I found last night. I was doing a bit of research because I had mentioned a couple of personal stories to you in yesterday's episode 68. I think it was very good, so listen to that if you have not. But I was talking about personalization and the technocracy's ability to create a choose-your-own-adventure echo chamber feedback loop that they force you inside of so there was an article i found from new york times going back to 2011 where they were discussing the very beginning of the personalized search and this ability to drive one into an echo chamber and i thought it was fascinating because this article came out around the same time that i was telling you about the technology conference i had gone to in washington dc technology and politics and so i want to read you this story because there's more details that i could provide through my personal story and i think it will help clarify a lot of things for you folks out there i had someone telling me uh, yesterday maybe it was hopeless american on twitter that they have been running into uh, a lot of ads for artificial intelligence companies and such and one of the main reasons that happens and this is even at the most basic level but what happens is you go and you search out artificial intelligence and then what will happen is you're going to start getting ads served to you on facebook on twitter and on other places that have to do with what it is you're searching it's so much more advanced than that the way the ai algorithms work how they tag you how they're creating a digital footprint on you at all times but uh it is a good example of this personalized feedback loop that they're driving folks into and there's a reason for that, folks, a reason for that, ladies and gentlemen. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And then I'm going to work back in the uh, article that we started yesterday on bioethics and transhumanism, because I think there's a lot of stuff inside there that we need to discuss before we get back to James Giordano and talk about uh, further discuss what the government is doing when it comes to transhumanism and then we're going to cover a lot of things over the next week but i'm going to finish up giordano and then we are going to loop back to the cyber soldier program and listen to the doctors inside the government that are working on the ethics side of this 
not that I really believe that any of these people are interested in ethics. It is a ruse. Uh, the whole discussion on ethics is really about how they are going to convince society to adopt the technology to get on board with the technology willingly okay rather than being forced into it that's really the discussion they're having around ethics so it's important that we get back and we finish up that cyber soldier discussion and then there was a document i wanted to review with you by david salinas flores on mk ultra and darpa and mind control programs going on around the world so i am going to get back to that this week and then what i'm going to work towards is uh toward is a conversation about old world progressivism involving uh, evolving into this technocratic transhumanism and how this progressive ideology has become the driving force behind the push for transhumanism and technocracy and i'll show you how technocracy is really about the control of let's say the physical world but transhumanism really is spun out of technocracy. It is engineering humanity to streamline humanity, where technocracy is utilizing the technology to streamline society. And so I'll be able to connect those and show you what technocratic transhumanism is and how it ties into a leftist progressive ideology. It's really coming together as the left and the right, the communists and the fascists coming together as one force. It's anything but personal liberty, freedom, and human autonomy. We know that, folks. And we know that it's anti-life. It's anti-humanity. At the same time that I'm working on this, I had an old colleague of mine reach out, and they want to try to start to get me uh, to go out as a guest on some other shows and bring this message, this stuff we've been talking about here, to larger audiences. And so I'm very careful about getting intertwined with any sort of shill or grifter networks. I don't want any part of that world. I don't want to be associated with the people that I know that are taking money from political organizations and such. I just think it's uh, not only terrible for my brand, but it is not going to do us any good. And I'm not going to get on these shows with these uh, misinfo agents, these disinfo agents. So I'll be careful about where I go, but I'm starting to craft the message. It was actually interesting last night because I had to sit there with a pad and paper and start trying to go through everything we covered in almost 70 episodes and put it down into several paragraphs and then boil that down into several sentences and then cut that down into a few sentences and how i'm going to explain what it is that we've been discussing here and uh maybe maybe we can start to wake up some additional people to this i don't know where it's going to lead i don't really know what the solution is i just know the more people are aware of it the more people can avoid this stuff so when we get back i will do the elon musk story and then i'm going to get into the new york times piece on the personalized feedback loops something that you should be aware of so that you can try to avoid it try to avoid the trap in your personal lives ladies and gentlemen i am dustin gold this is the dustin gold standard i'll be right back right here on pain.tv slash gold 
Folks, are you ready for a wild ride? My name is Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to Pain.tv slash gold. All right, folks. Thank you very much. I appreciate you tuning in to this show, to this program. Thank you to everyone who has left a five-star review at Apple Podcasts and a comment. I know I keep breaking your balls about that, folks, but if you haven't, please... Just leave a five-star review over there at Apple Podcasts. I know because of the analytics, folks. Yes, I have access to technology that there's roughly 65% of you listening to this show over at Apple Podcasts. And we are getting now, I don't know, today we might break another record. We're somewhere around 3,000 downloads a day. So there's like a couple thousand people listening to the show regularly, some people dropping in. I don't know. There's thousands of subscribers now. So it's growing. It's growing. It's got to get a lot bigger. I need it to get pretty damn big. It's going to take several months to get there to the point where I can just do this full time and I no longer have to worry about taking on side jobs with things I'm not really interested in and being distracted from sitting here and researching this stuff all day for you and if i can get to the point where i do not have those worries anymore then trust me you're going to start to see me pumping out more highly produced content i can start to work on some of this documentary stuff we already have a book outline in the works that's going to take a while that's basically my colleague who's going to be focused on that stuff but we're going to start doing some live conversations as we war game this book there's gonna be a lot more things coming in the future because right now i i would like to spark a movement of other people who go out there and start talking about all the various elements of technocratic transhumanism and waking up the folks to this so that we can figure out how we are going to raise our kids and grandkids to be free from this prison planet matrix. So the least you can do right now is just leave a five-star review and comment at Apple Podcasts. I think it's close to 70. I want to get it to 100 sometime in the next week or two. So please, please do that, folks. Also, to those of you who have joined Pain.com, tv slash gold thank you very much i know you're getting value because a lot of you write me you know i told you about someone who wrote me about having the cell phone next to their bed and i wrote them back and gave them some advice and then they wrote back and couldn't believe that i actually responded i respond and then dana who was on the show recently he's got a group over at pain.tv slash gold called the uh, i think it's the the green tavern Oh, my God. There is so much going back and forth in there. He invited me to drop in. I dropped in, and then uh, there was just so much I had to get out of it. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to get stuck in here and never get any work done. So if you're looking for like-minded folks to share information with, to talk with, if you don't have any people that are woke to this stuff in your life, jump over there, and you're going to find some friends. A lot of these people are giving me their phone numbers. I'm going to start talking to people offline. 
obviously I don't have a lot of time to chit chat between the baby on the way and then doing this show, but we are going to start getting more of these people on as guests. And as I've said now for the last month, and I am working on it, is being able to do a live call-in show over at pain.tv slash gold so I can start answering your questions and you can share information with me in real time. We don't have to just do it all through direct message chat. All right. So I am working on that, ladies and gentlemen. So please leave the review at Apple Podcasts and join us over at pain.tv slash gold. I think you're going to find a lot of value in that. All right. Let's take a look here. This this came out uh, yesterday. Yesterday. And as you know, I don't do a lot of breaking news, but this fits into the big picture and it's not really breaking. All right. It's the content. Uh, that's contained within this article that's important and this is over at stripes.com stars and stripes and so this is a publication aimed at a lot of military folks and this article says as elon musk expands his reach washington worries and this is by mary jordan originally out of the washington post It says, Washington, uh, this is out of Washington, it says, between launching four astronauts and 54 satellites into orbit, unveiling an electric freight truck, and closing in on taking over Twitter this month, Elon Musk made time to offer unsolicited peace plans for Taiwan and Ukraine, antagonizing those countries' leaders and irking Washington, too. Musk, the richest man in the world, then irritated some Pentagon officials by announcing he didn't want to keep paying for his private satellite service in Ukraine before later walking back the threat. As at 50 uh, as musk 51 inserts himself into volatile geopolitical issues many washington policymakers worry from the sidelines as he bypasses them all right does it not sound like the narrative uh sort of like the backstory on tony stark iron man right so if you read it this way Between launching four astronauts and 54 satellites into orbit, unveiling an electric freight truck, and closing in on taking over Twitter this month, Tony Stark made time to offer unsolicited peace plans for Taiwan and Ukraine, antagonizing those countries' leaders and irking Washington, too. Tony Stark, the richest man in the world, then irritated some Pentagon officials by announcing he didn't want to keep paying for his private satellite service in Ukraine before later walking back that threat. As Tony Stark, 51, inserts himself into volatile geopolitical issues, many Washington policymakers worry from the sidelines as he bypasses them. Yeah, I mean, it's setting up this Tony Stark narrative, right, that Musk is fighting against the Washington policymakers. Now, I want to make a point here, folks, and this is, okay, as the whole idea of this supposed constitutional republic and this supposed liberal democracy that we live under is crumbling right there's no trust in government no trust in government institutions the fbi the cia uh, the department of justice as we went through the donald trump presidency and in the end 
everyone lost, right? So let's just take Russiagate, for instance. All of the people on the left were promised that Donald Trump was a Russian spy, a Russian ad asset. No, his code name was not Agent Orange, but it could have been. But they, they were promised this. I knew people on the left in my family. I didn't get in fights with people and stop talking to people, but I knew people in my family who truly believed that Donald Trump was a Russian agent. And he was going to go to jail for this. Then the rest of us on the right or part of MAGA or came out of the conservative uh, movement were told that all of the people that were coming after Trump as a Russian agent, you know, James Comey, Robert Mueller, and the rest of that bunch, that they were trying to frame Trump as a Russian agent. And so this would backfire on them and they would end up going to jail. Well, at the end of the day, there was no resolution for either side. Trump was not arrested as a Russian agent, and Mueller and James Comey did not get arrested for framing Trump as a Russian agent. And we saw this play out through Spygate. We saw this happen. And so what I believed was going on under the Trump administration, whether he was part of it or not, and this is pre-COVID, folks, pre-COVID land the high school theater production, was that all that was happening was that we were normalizing corruption, uh, sedition, criminality, treason even, that it was all becoming normalized because they were putting it out there, the elites were putting it out there, yet there were never going to be any actual consequences to their actions. And so when you look at the world today, I think when you look at politics today, political campaigning and such, as compared to, let's say, 10 years ago, I would say there's less people engaged. They may be engaged with the cultural issues, you know, the societal issues. But as far as the campaigning part, I think a lot of people have been sort of broken down and beaten down. Let's just look at the voter fraud stuff. So Trump, in 2016... 2015, 16, while he's running, was talking about, this is rigged, it's rigged, it's a rigged election, it's rigged, it's rigged, it's rigged, Hillary's rigging it, it's rigged, and so he ends up winning, right? Well, he immediately forms a voter fraud committee led by Chris Kobach, and I'm not going to get into a whole backstory on Chris Kobach, and so now this is supposedly being investigated back in 2016, uh, and tw or sorry, 2017 after Trump took office in January, and he sets up the voter fraud committee, it's running under Kobach, and then all of a sudden he dissolves it, he takes its findings, he turns it over, I believe at the time, to Kirsten Nielsen, who was um, the head or second in charge of Homeland Security, and so nothing comes of it right now we get all the way to 2020 and trump is now screaming about the election is rigged it's rigged it's rigged he loses the election he claims it's rigged he teams up with Sidney powell and the kraken and all the rest of this stuff pillow man gets involved all these bogus lawsuits flying around that mike moore dissected in real time back then told you nothing was going to happen and nothing ended up happening. And so eventually there is a large portion of people now who have disengaged from politics altogether. And if we are to believe 
that the election was rigged while Trump was president and did nothing to stop it or could not stop it, then how are we supposed to believe that any election going forward will not be rigged? Right. If we're supposed to believe the left or the deep state or whatever rigged it against Trump, why would I believe that there won't be an election rigged against Trump if he runs again or Ron DeSantis or Tom Massey or anyone? It doesn't matter. We now believe that the elections are rigged. Someone like me, I'm post-politics. I don't even get involved anymore. Not because of that, but because I realize it's all a game. All right, so now insert someone like Elon Musk. Elon Musk was born in, uh, in um, South Africa. Elon Musk cannot run for president, at least according to the current rules, okay? But what does Elon Musk represent? He represents the technocracy. And so I think what we're going to see shape up here Everything is problem, reaction, solution. So just keep your eye out for this. I could be wrong. This is just my theory. But what you're going to see shape up here is this battle between someone like Musk, who's been built up to be the Tony Stark, against the Washington bureaucrats, the deep state, the permanent state, however you want to put it. And so now you're going to see Musk in this battle with these guys and the public is going to get behind and cheer on elon musk like they did with someone um like howard hughes many years ago eventually we'll cover howard hughes but howard hughes many years ago so the public will cheer on a musk and what they're going to be cheering on is the rise of the technocracy which eventually the illusion of the constitutional republic representative government will be gone. And so I think this is the beginning of what we're seeing is this buildup now of Tony Stark being someone who is standing up to the government, the very government that actually funded him, built him, and created him. Think about that for a moment. When I get back, we'll continue to read from this article, and I think you're going to understand exactly what I'm talking about. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back right here on Payne.tv slash gold. I am Dustin Gold, and this is the Dustin Gold Standard. All right, let me bring this article back up. Let me show you, try to explain what I'm talking about here. And this will lead us into the personalized feedback loop stuff. So it says right here, as Musk 51 inserts himself into volatile geopolitical issues, many Washington policymakers worry from the sidelines as he bypasses them. All right. See, this is like a frame up. It's the narrative to Musk is this outside force, right? Just like with Trump, we were led to believe he was this outsider battling against the insiders. It says, a two-decade partnership between 
Musk and the federal government helped the United States return to global dominance in space and shift to electric cars and made the tech geek an internationally famous CEO. All right, so it's admitting right there, you see this two-decade partnership between Musk and the government to build up his image here, right? To build up his image while helping the United States become a global powerhouse in space and their shift to electric cars, right? So he achieved the mission of the government. He was a government welfare queen getting the government money to do the government bidding, right? So as I've explained before, the public-private partnership is nothing more than the state using its so-called private sector partners as their puppets to enact the government's will through the supposed private sector, which then cannot be subpoenaed. Uh, you can't use FOIA, you know, freedom of information. So it, it's a cover, folks. It goes on to say, but many in Washington even as they praise his work in areas of national security, now see Musk as too powerful and too reckless. Citing Musk's public ridicule of those who snub him, the billionaire has called President Biden a, quote, damp sock puppet, end quote. Of course, a lot of people praise him because of this stuff. I mean, give me a break. We all call Biden a damp sock puppet. It doesn't make us a hero. Goes on to say, and said, Senator Elizabeth Warren, a Democrat from Massachusetts, reminds him of, quote, my friend's angry mom, end quote. No different than what Donald Trump did, folks. Just running this populist game to get people to agree with stuff that almost anybody would agree with. It goes on to say, many of the two dozen top government officials interviewed for this article would only speak about Musk on the condition of anonymity. But nearby all described but nearly all described him as being as erratic and arrogant as he is brilliant okay so they agree he's erratic and arrogant but he's also brilliant he's also brilliant this is the character tony stark folks and it's not musk framing this up musk isn't playing the government all right he is part of the government musk is not playing the government i mean the government made him they built him he controls all the government's technology. It's not his technology. It's the government's technology. Goes on to say, quote, Elon the everywhere, end quote, is one White House uh, official called him, quote, he believes he is such a gift to mankind that he doesn't need any guardrails that he knows best, end quote. He sees himself as above the presidency, said Jill Lepore, a Harvard historian who hosted podcasts on Musk. Musk declined to comment for this story, but he says he weighs in on important problems and described his mission as, quote, enhancing the future of humanity, end quote. And we would argue uh, it would be engineering humanity out of existence is what he's talking about. It goes on to say he said his Ukraine plan could avert possible nuclear war and that his Taiwan proposal could ease dangerous regional tensions. Now, let me just remind you, he is the richest man on earth or gets to play the richest man on earth because the government allows him to play the richest man on earth. They are building up this Tony Stark image now 
that he is going to battle against the government. And as I said, he could not become president because of the way the Constitution works. But, but he is basically the puppet face of the technocracy, of the technocratic transhumanists. And that is the direction that the world is moving under the Fourth Industrial Revolution. So my guess is... As I said earlier, they are framing this up to look like he is going to battle the bureaucrats that we have been trained over the last several years to hate and to despise, that they are just corrupt, that they are treasonous, that they are um, committing acts of criminality and treason and sedition. And so it's going to be the perfect setup for this to have Tony Stark come flying in with his team of technocrats that are going to manage the world under the guidance of the scientists and engineers. I'm telling you, this is the way I see it, folks. It's framing up like a movie script, but basically we're watching a movie script. Enjoy the show, as QAnon told you. They just didn't tell you what show you were watching. It goes on to say, but Musk's freelance diplomacy is angering allies at the same time he bids $44 billion to take over a media platform with hundreds of millions of users. Quote, the bottom line is that people hang on his every word because he has delivered so many times. I hope he shows some respect for that responsibility, end quote, said Richard J. Durbin, Democrat from Illinois. Senator Lindsey Graham, I never even thought I'd be talking about Lindsey Graham. I hate Lindsey Graham so much. I've hated Lindsey Graham since probably 15 years ago. And so Lindsey Graham, he called must plan for Ukraine and, quote, affront, end quote, to its people. And yes, he was wearing a pink bathrobe, pink bunny slippers, hair curlers, and a hairnet when he said this. I don't know that. I'm just assuming that, folks. It says, and even suggested federal subsidies that help electric car makers might be spent better. Okay, so there's Lindsay threatening to take away his government welfare. Musk's relationship with Washington started out strong. Quote, I love you, end quote, Musk blurted out when a NASA official called to tell him in 2008 that he got a $1.6 billion contract at a time when he was heavily in debt. Well, yeah, if somebody called me or you and gave us $1.6 billion when we were in debt, I think we would have said, I love you also. Goes on to say, Washington then poured billions more into Musk's company as it developed its rockets and space capsule. SpaceX delivered, rebuilding the flagging uh, U.S. space program. And so we've gone over this before. I mean, what was it? Six, eight, nine, ten billion dollars that Elon Musk has taken from this government, the one that he supposedly is battling now. His bipartisan efforts once helped him uh, once help, helped him win over Washington. He dined with President Barack Obama and joined President Donald Trump's economic councils. Musk donated to candidates of both parties. Now he bashes Biden and says he plans to vote for a Republican president in 2024. Now, let me just make this clear to you folks. If if I a mere mortal human, uh, frankly, a simpleton, uh, 
All right. If I, and if you, many of you, I'm assuming, have figured out that the Democrat and Republican left-right paradigm is just WWE wrestling, is just clown world, is just a distraction, while the technocratic transhumanists make their play to usher in the fourth industrial era, then don't you think that Elon Musk knows this also? Do you really believe that people like Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Eric Schmidt, Bill Gates, Peter Thiel, and the rest of these technocrats, do you really believe that they vote for Republicans or Democrats? I mean, come on, folks. Give me a break. Give me a break. You, you don't believe this. I know you don't believe this. It goes on to say, these days, the eccentric entrepreneur rarely visits Washington and is increasingly critical of the federal government. He does talk to foreign presidents and prime ministers, according to people who work directly with him. Musk sells his state-of-the-art rockets and aerospace technology to South Korea, Turkey, and a growing list of other countries. He has Tesla factories in Germany and China. He also owns and controls more than 3,000 satellites circling the Earth, far more than any nation, including the United States. Now, we don't have to break all that down. But I think you know damn well, as do I, that if the United States government, if the Department of Defense... Okay, did not want Elon Musk selling state-of-the-art rockets and aerospace tech to South Korea, Turkey, and a growing list of other countries. That would not happen. Okay, if the United States government did not want Musk to have Tesla factories in Germany and China, that would not happen. Okay, if they did not want 3,000 of his satellites circling the Earth, that would not happen. All right. He needs permission to launch the satellites. The United States government can roll in to his businesses with an army, with the National Guard. They could close him down. They could drag him in front of Congress. They could make something. They could say he stole all the money they gave him. They would destroy him and his brand and his image in about 10 seconds. So Elon Musk is not some uh, maverick hero. That made his fortune on the government and is a government frontman, and now he controls his own technological army, basically, his own prison planet tech, and he is now some outsider battling against the state. All right. You, you cannot believe that, folks. All right. In May, Brazilian officials said Musk met with Jar Bolsonaro, the Brazilian president who's described in Latin America as a right wing ultra-nationalist. Musk said he spoke with Russian President Vladimir Putin 18 months ago, but denied a report that he talked to Putin just before offering his Ukrainian peace plan that was widely condemned as pro-Russian. Again, if these conversations were happening and the United States government did not want it to happen, whether you believe it's your First Amendment right to do that or not, it would not happen. You cannot sit here and believe that the government is tyrannical and at the same time believe that Elon Musk is basically telling the government to screw off. All right. They say he's worth anywhere between two and $400 billion at any given time. The United States government could freeze his assets tomorrow and claim that he's some sort of spy or some kind of foreign agent, and he would be finished. Finished. 
So all this is malarkey. It's palace intrigue. It's setting up a narrative to make Elon Musk appear to be Tony Stark. He is a privatized military who now the government built up, but now they can't challenge him because they fear him. And so they're making him look like a foe to the state when, in fact, he is just an extension of the state, folks. This is a story designed to manipulate and mind control. When we get back, I will finish it up, folks, and then we'll get into personalized feedback loops. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back right here on the Dustin Gold Standard. I am Dustin Gold, and you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Let me finish this up for you, folks. Biggest load of BS is about to come. It says, though Musk needs Washington less now that he is a global powerhouse, Washington continues to depend on him. (laughs) Washington sets him up. He's the front man. He's a puppet for the state. And now the state depends on him, right? It says the U.S. military uses his rockets and satellite communication services for its drones, ships, and aircraft. NASA currently has no way to get American astronauts to the International Space Station without his space capsule. And at a time when climate change is a top White House priority, he has more electric cars on U.S. roads than any other manufacturer. He is Tony Stark. Ladies and gentlemen, come on now. So what it's saying is that Musk outsmarted the United States government. And he got control of their rockets and their satellite communications for drone ships and aircraft. He uh, hijacked NASA from the government and they can't launch astronauts to the space station without his space capsule. And he has more Tesla cars on the road of which he got subsidies to put on the road. Right. He outsmarted the government. Are you kidding me, folks? Are you kidding me? Seriously. It goes on to say, several top government officials said they were working on decreasing their reliance on Musk, including partner, excuse me, partnering with and nurturing competitors with government contracts and subsidies. Quote, there's not just SpaceX. There are other entities that we can certainly partner with when it comes to providing Ukraine what they need on the battlefield, end quote. Sabrina Singh, Deputy Pentagon Press Secretary, told reporters last week. First off, folks, SpaceX is the government. All right? SpaceX has got... Don't even look at all the government contracts that Elon Musk got for SpaceX. SpaceX is the government. He is just a front organization for the government. 
He's basically running NASA. So now they're going to say they could work with other companies to provide Ukraine what they need on the battlefield. If Elon Musk refuses to provide them what the government says Ukraine needs on the battlefield, they will shut his ass down, folks. This is to build up his image as this outsider, as Tony Stark. It goes on to say a key concern if Musk buys Twitter is his web of overseas holdings and foreign investors, including his massive Tesla factory in China and possible leverage others could have over Musk if he controls a platform where some users have spread misinformation and ratcheted up political divisiveness. Folks, again... He has this Tesla factory in China. He works with the Chinese government. At the same time, he has top-level clearance doing everything he does for the United States government. So does that not prove to you that there is no actual enemies going on here between the United States and China? It is all fake, folks. It is all fake. There's the worldwide government, and that is it. Because Musk would not have been allowed to do what he's doing and then also work in partnership with the Chinese government if there was really enemies, okay? If enemies were real. It just would not happen. It would not be allowed. There would be contingencies on all this money that he took from the United States government. It goes on to say, as a United States defense contractor, Musk has been vetted, but several top officials said they wanted a more thorough review, including any expansion plans in Russia and China. Warren and others have called his Twitter purchase a danger to democracy. Right, they want to further vet him? How much vetting do you need to know? A guy who's working with the government put a brain chip inside people's heads based on technology that came out of DARPA out of the government going all the way back to the 1970s. All right, what, what, you know, this is why it's so ridiculous. Again, they're just setting up this narrative that he is some Marvel superhero who's going to battle the government. It goes on to say, Washington has dealt before with powerful tycoons who dominated railroads, oil, or a key economic sector, said Richard Haas, president of the Council on Foreign Relations. Oh, yeah. Another front organization, quote, but what's a bit different here is Musk's ability to project his political agenda and the fact that now that we have technology and media that allows individuals to essentially become their own network or channel, end quote, Haas said, right? But that's all intentional. That's part of the personalized feedback loop, which we're going to get into shortly. It goes on to say, because Musk has business investments in China, and according to Russian and other newspapers, said last year at a Kremlin-sponsored event for students that he was planning one in Russia, several top U.S. government officials wonder if Musk's business interests affect his views on foreign affairs. No, I would say it does not at all. Of course, how many billions have we funneled to him? I mean, come on, folks, this is ridiculous goes on to say the economic turmoil since the Ukraine war began has dented the fortunes of many people, including Musk, whose personal wealth dropped by tens of billions to about $210 billion, according to Bloomberg's Billionaires Index. How about the turmoil between Ukraine and uh, Russia has lowered the wealth of everyone in America by the forced, intentional, orchestrated strategic rise in inflation? and fuel prices all right so musk lost money just based on the same percentage that everyone else in america lost money on all right come on give me a break 
goes on to say two people who know him well said musk is impulsive and that he makes uh and that makes him say things that harm his own interests a tendency that makes it difficult for government officials to count on musk musk himself has said he has asperger's syndrome a form of autism and no one should expect him to be a quote chill normal dude end quote well I wonder if that was on his resume when the government decided he was going to get uh, billions of dollars. Imagine sending in a proposal to the government that says, look, I have Asperger's, a form of autism. Don't expect me to be a chill, normal dude. Hey, can I have $10 billion? How about you and I try to fill something out like that and send it to the government? He goes on to say, quote, he shoots himself in the foot all the time. He should not be getting into politics, end quote, said one person who has worked with him for years. He should not be getting into politics. What do you call working for the government, launching satellites for them, building rockets for them, building military technology for them? What, what, what do you call that? That's not politics? I mean, just getting a government contract involves politics. Quote, I have been as shocked as anyone these last few months at some of the things he uh, has waded into, end quote, said Lori Garver, former deputy administrator at NASA. She worries about the consequences. SpaceX restored U.S. leadership in space, but his politically charged comments attract critics who are starting to ask, quote, why is taxpayer money going to this billionaire? Well, that's what NASA's worried about. That the uh, public will start to ask why taxpayer money is going to him. (laughs) Hilarious. She says it's disappointing. I say it's hilarious. Musk set his sights on D.C. 20 years ago. A South African who moved to Silicon Valley, Musk became a U.S. citizen in 2002. The year he used his payment from the sale of PayPal the electronic payment firm he helped found to start SpaceX. Remember, we've gone over this in great detail. Uh, him and Peter Thiel you know, made their fortunes over at PayPal. It went on to say it was a big risk and he needed high-dollar contracts to survive. In early 2003, Musk announced he would have a, quote, significant presence, end quote, in the nation's capital so he could build a, quote, close working relationship with the federal government, end quote. Of course, of course, he's a front for the federal government. Goes on to say he invested in Tesla around the same time and soon took over running it, tapping into financial subsidies and tax credits Washington was offering to wean the country off of gasoline. California alone gave Tesla $3.2 billion in subsidies, according to figures provided by the Office of California Governor Gavin Newsom. And so, again, we went over all this before. Billions upon billions of dollars this welfare recipient received. Because he is a government front man, folks. He's an extension of the state. And again, I need to point this out. It's very important. They are framing this up for the purpose of trying to make him look like Tony Stark. They're going to drive the public into the arms of this technocratic transhumanist. Uh, And that is where I think this is going. So they're intentionally eroding the current system, all part of the Fourth Industrial Revolution, Eventually, to get rid of the illusion of a liberal democracy or a constitutional republic, they need to tear that down 
in order to create the full-blown rise of the technocracy. And I told you they're, they're working the technocracy in through the back door via Amazon, the gig companies, and everything else, where the scientists and engineers control the means of production and the distribution of goods. So this is just going to further push that. Uh, Musk, I think, is being elevated as what will be the first president or public figure that represents the technocracy. It goes on to say a review of public disclosure forms show that for brief periods of time, Musk hired dozens of lobbyists, many of them former staff members or powerful members of Congress. Rowan Patel, who worked on energy and transportation in the Obama White House, runs Tesla's regulatory and legislative affairs in Washington. SpaceX has spent more than $22 million to lobby Washington over the years, according to Open Secrets, a research group tracking money in politics. Musk himself provided a savvy political operator. I'm sorry, proved a savvy political operator. He flew into Washington 40 times between 2008 and 2013, according to flight records obtained by Musk biographer Ashley Vance. He knocked on doors and invited officials to breakfast. When backroom persuasion didn't get results, he learned that publicity helps. Okay, so now you have all these people, supposedly his allies or former allies or weaning allies, who said that he shouldn't be getting into politics when they all knew he was in politics because it says he was a savvy political operator and he was going around handing out lobbyist money to the politicians to get him on his side. Okay, so it was always a partnership between Elon Musk and the political class and the bureaucratic class. All right, it was a partnership, and it still is a partnership. This is just a WWE script that we are reading now. I'm telling you, to push him out and make him look like an outsider. It further builds up his brand, the one that he started uh, building uh, even more publicly when he started to go on Joe Rogan, and they introduced him to the younger generation and made him seem hip and cool because he smoked a joint and drank whiskey with Rogan. It goes on to say, on a sunny Wednesday in June 2014, Musk parked his new, quote, space taxi, end quote, a few blocks from Capitol Hill. He had hauled the capsule designed to carry seven astronauts into orbit across the country from his California factory and invited TV cameras along with government officials to check it out. Quote, great job, Elon, end quote, yelled Dana Rohrbacker, a Republican member of Commerce. Of Congress, commerce, yeah, it is. It is they are a member of commerce, actually. Uh, a member of Congress as he climbed out of the sleek spacecraft. Democrats applauded too that day. Musk was beaming. He was about to get richer. And it's not just about that, folks. Goes on to say the United States then relied on Russia to carry American astronauts to the International Space Station, paying Moscow tens of million uh, tens of millions of dollars for each seat. Musk promised he would put an end to that and rebuild the American space program. Obama was in the White House and wanted to let private companies like SpaceX try. Weeks after Musk brought his space taxi to D.C., NASA awarded him a $2.6 billion contract, folks. So as they try to make Musk seem like some sort of an outsider, we continue to see that he's nothing more than a government welfare queen. Between the subsidies and the government contracts, Elon Musk would be nothing. 
he would be nothing. And in the Marvel movies, to be honest with you, Tony Stark is nothing more than that either. His father was a government leech, part of the military-industrial complex, and so is Tony Stark. Although they try to make it appear that Tony Stark is some sort of a vigilante out to save the world and bring the world peace, but all he does is end up getting into wars in the Marvel movies. So as he is trying to seek out world peace... It brings on uh, the death of 50% of the people in the galaxy, folks. And so that's what they're doing with Musk. I'm telling you, they are setting him up to play or continue to play or further play the Tony Stark character in the Marvel movies. They're setting him up to be the first president of the technocracy, and he was already anointed when Joe Rogan said to him, I don't mind any of this creepy AI stuff as long as you, Elon, you are the guy who is going to govern it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Alrighty, folks. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard. And you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. It was important to bring this up today, folks. I'm telling you, we covered Elon Musk so much in the past on the Neuralink brain chip. But after reading this last night, uh, I said, you know what? I, I have to talk about this. I have to show this because the setup is happening, the mind control, the manipulation to bring Elon Musk further into the light as someone who is battling the government. And I'm telling you, the exposing of... The government is being corrupt over the last seven, eight years was intentional. I, I used to ask myself all the time, you know, why the hell would Comey or Mueller or this person or that person say these things publicly? It is just making them look corrupt. And now I understand why. This is an intentional tearing down of our system. Is our system corrupt? Yeah, it's corrupt to the core. They're part of actually transitioning us into the technocracy, but they expose themselves on purpose to lower people's opinion of them so that when the alternative is offered up, the technocracy, then it will go much easier. And people will be willing to give it up because they will have accepted on all sides that the system itself is rotten to the core and cannot be saved. It cannot be changed, uh, which would normally be a great thing to tear down this system, but not when you're going to replace it with a technocracy. Or you have to believe that this article, this narrative, this setup is about the system trying to X out Elon Musk, which is definitely not the case, folks. Not when you look at all the government projects he's working on. It goes on to say here, And I do want to finish this because there's some important stuff in this article. Musk also pursued Pentagon contracts and found public confrontation helped. 
In a sparsely attended Capitol Hill hearing in 2014, he made headlines by slamming the joint venture between aerospace giants Lockheed Martin and Boeing that supplied rockets to the Air Force. He called it a, quote, monopoly, end quote, and said it was vastly overcharging taxpayers. Quote, Elon was saying, give me a chance, end quote, said Scott Pace, a former NASA official who spoke at the hearing. The Pentagon did, and Musk delivered. His game-changing, partly reusable Falcon rockets were considerably less expensive. Now, just eight years later, Musk is the Goliath of the space industry, and Musk's success has shifted the dynamic with Washington. Democrats are more vocal on the need to rein in Musk. Listen, again, if the government wanted to rein in Musk... They would just use the military, they would use the uh, National Guard, and they would rein in Musk. Musk is not just some private sector entrepreneur running around uh, selling canned tomato sauce, all right, and he's built up a big market. He is a government frontman. He's basically a government department. So is Peter Thiel, okay? So if, if the government was going to criticize Peter Thiel, you would say, well, then why are you doing business with Palantir and it's embedded in almost every government agency? And it's not that the technocrats are more powerful than the government. See, many people want to believe that the government is run by corporations because the corporations or the, the big money guys like Musk and Peter Thiel spread out lobbyist money to the representatives and therefore they control those representatives, those politicians. But in the end, the government folks, the bureaucracy, the state is more powerful than any of these corporations or Musk or Peter Thiel because those guys can pass out money, but their money comes from the government, from the contracts. And so the government can shut them down. They can use force. They can use the legal system. They can use Congress to shut these guys down anytime they want. So these guys are not more powerful than the government. Elon Musk cannot raid the Capitol with an army, but the government can send an army to raid SpaceX or Tesla, or any of his other companies. Do you understand that? These guys are not more powerful than the government. All right, it goes on to say, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, a Republican scumbag from California, and it doesn't say scumbag, calls Musk, quote, my good friend, end quote, and Musk spoke at his August fundraiser. In June, Musk, who recently moved from California to Texas, announced he voted for Myra Flores in a congressional primary and said it was the first time he voted for a Republican, as if that even matters and I'm supposed to believe that, and who the hell cares anyway? He also bashed Democrats as too extreme and too controlled by unions and publicly predicted a, quote, massive red wave, end quote, in November. Well, he doesn't like unions because he doesn't like humans. And I'm not sitting here a uh, pro-human guy. Unions have been spoiled and destroyed, too. Uh, but I am pro-human, not pro-union. And so he wants unions out of the way because he wants humans out of the way, folks. He wants to replace everything with robots and artificial intelligence. He said this before. 
goes on to say, but some Republican lawmakers are skeptical Musk's new coziness with the GOP will last. Quote, he's another, he's another bullshit artist, is how former President Donald Trump described, described Musk at a July rally in Alaska. If Trump was real, he'd be talking about Musk being a transhumanist and a technocrat who wants to engineer humanity out of existence and control the globe via technology. But no, Trump obviously would not say that. After all, his son-in-law admitted to being a transhumanist. It goes on to say, a rare area of bipartisan agreement is that for certain vital issues, especially national security, the United States should not depend on any one person or company, and the federal government is making moves to lessen dependence on Musk. The United States government shouldn't be in bed with any of these people anyway. They shouldn't be doing 100% of the stuff that they're doing. Goes on to say NASA has funded Boeing's Starliner capsule to compete with SpaceX to transport astronauts. Blue Origin, which is owned by Jeff Bezos, who also owns the Washington Post, is also a competitor for NASA contracts. He also houses all of the CIA data on the Amazon cloud, ladies and gentlemen. So Bezos has access to uh, the CIA's data. It says NASA officials said Starliner's delays and higher costs show how SpaceX is so dominant. Quote, but still, we need a second option, end quote, said one influential member of Commerce. The Federal Communications Commission in August decided it would not give SpaceX Starlink which is now operating in 40 countries, a $900 million subsidy to bring broadband to rural areas, even though that money had been provisionally granted in the waning days of the Trump administration. Wait for this, folks. The FCC said the $600 satellite dish a home would need to purchase from SpaceX was a factor. A top SpaceX official called the rejection, quote, unreasonable, end quote, and, quote, grossly unfair, end quote. Now, I've mentioned on this show several times, the point of Starlink SpaceX's satellite program is not to bring internet to your house. It's not to allow you to access internet on your farm. It is not to bring internet to beachfront properties. It is not to bring internet to rural areas. The point of Starlink is going to be to run the prison planet system. As Dan Golvach said on here when I interviewed him, you know, Starlink was basically this giant spy system. It's a spy system, but it's more important than that. Starlink will run the technocracy. I told you, the paper tiger is the technocracy. It is a paper tiger because it operates on internet. So if there is a God, if there's a creator, if there are men acting on behalf of God, that the wind either blows the satellites out of the sky, people blow up the receivers on the ground, then the whole technocracy collapses. But Elon Musk Starlink is to run this prison planet technocracy. It's not to bring you internet at your house. So now, even though we were sold on the idea over the last 10 years that Starlink's job was going to bring internet to everyone all around the world, in rural areas, beachfronts and stuff. Now the FCC said that it will not give Starlink the billion dollars it needs in subsidies to bring broadband to rural areas. Why? Because that was never the intention. 
it was never the intention but now they can hide behind this battle with musk as to why it's not going to get done folks this stuff is so easy to figure out this is kindergarten class kindergarten master class it goes on to say congress also has been encouraging ford and other automakers to build electric cars a new condition on a federal seventy five hundred dollar rebate is that the price of the new car cannot top fifty five thousand dollars most tesla models cost more okay so they're going to give ford and other companies these rebates they're trying to squeeze tesla onto the market i don't even buy that folks all right We'll see what happens. Musk will probably roll one out next week that's $12,000. Goes on to say, but Musk will be eligible for many subsidies and incentives, including for his electric charging stations. He just announced his superchargers are now in 46 countries. So there you go. He's got the superchargers in 46 countries, and he's getting subsidies and incentives for that stuff. Again, if they didn't want him to get that stuff, they would just cut him off. We wouldn't be having this discussion. Musk hates, quote, a false narrative out there that he is a grifter who survived off government handouts, end quote, said Eric Berger, author of Liftoff, A History of SpaceX. Well, Mike Moore got in a battle with him, calling him a welfare queen, and he blocked Mike Moore on Twitter. I don't think it's a false narrative that he's a grifter who survived off government handouts. I think the truth is he is a welfare queen. It goes on to say, quote, he sees the government as a double-edged sword, end quote, Berger said. It can help. This is very, very important. Very important. Are you ready? Quote, he sees the government as a double-edged sword, end quote, Berger said. It can help, but its bureaucracy slows him down. Quote, he is really frustrated by the dizzying array of federal agencies that he has to deal with, and the bigger he gets, the more there is, end quote. And folks, that is the setup for the streamlining of government, which is going to be the technocracy. That is the promise the technocrats will make. So as he further comes out with this, you're going to hear Elon Musk talk more and more about streamlining government. And so one of the things that you actually want out of your government, again, it's so corrupt, it's hard to talk about this stuff, but one of the things you want out of your government is all the fighting back and forth. You remember the old narratives where they'd say, uh, the Democrats would say, the Republicans are holding up government. They're threatening a shutdown. The Republicans would say, the Democrats are holding up government, even though that was all show, because in the end, the solution was always just more government. But that stuff is supposed to happen. You want the government fighting with each other. You don't want them getting anything done. Everything they do is horrible. There's nothing that government has done that has expanded your freedom, your liberty, or your human autonomy. Nothing they've done to expand true prosperity. Nothing. They can't do that. So you want government fighting. You want it to be inefficient, even though it is not. But that's what you want, because the more the government does, the less freedom you end up having. And so the play on this now is going to be that the technocracy is going to streamline the government. If you just let the scientists, the engineers, and their artificial intelligence pets run the entire system. I'm telling you, that's where it's going. You can see it being framed up right here in Stars and Stripes. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. 
Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. That's right, folks. Quote, those bastards, end quote, is how Musk refers to officials at the Securities and Exchange Commission. Yeah, let's get through this, folks. Those bastards, that's how he refers to the folks at the SEC. It says the SEC fined Musk and Tesla $20 million each after Musk tweeted that he had, quote, funding secured, end quote, to take Tesla private at $420 a share after finding that was not true. The SEC is also now investigating Musk in connection with his bid for Twitter, including whether he complied with disclosure laws. Musk's lawyer told a judge that the SEC was trying to, quote, muzzle and harass, end quote, the businessman because he is an, quote, outspoken critic of the government, end quote. Now, if this was really a battle that was shaping up between the old world political system, this supposed constitutional republic that is just completely rotten to the core, right? Completely rotten to the core. But if this was a battle against that system and technocracy, I would have to cheer on the corrupt government system. But to be honest, only you and me, maybe a handful of other people, even know that this is a thing that's going on. That this narrative is being set up to help further the rise and sort of the introduction of the technocracy into the United States and really the Western world. But let's just focus on the United States right now. But if it was truly a battle between the corrupt old system and Elon Musk and the technocrats, I would cheer on the corrupt old system. Because the corrupt old system is terrible and corrupt. But Musk and the technocrats will be worse. But that's not the case because the corrupt old system that hijacked and took over our once constitutional republic, if you'd like to believe we even had one, is the very system that gave rise to Elon Musk and the technocrats and are setting up the takeover of this society by the very technocratic transhumanists that we've been covering here. So I know it's difficult, it's complex, it's hard to understand. People will say that uh, that's a conspiracy theory. It's not a conspiracy theory. The majority of this is not even a conspiracy. They talk about this in the open. What do you think the point of the World Economic Forum is? It's a think tank, uh, basically a association, an association of the private and the public sector and how they are working to merge into one system which will be the uh, technocracy. Basically, technology will govern and rule over the planet. Uh, they talk about it in the open. I mean, there's, there's no conspiracy theory here. You can listen to them talk about this. What do you think Klaus Schwab's 2016 book, The Fourth Industrial Revolution, was all about? Go and read that, folks. You'll see. It's laying out all the technologies that are going to be rolled out during the Fourth Industrial Revolution. As uh, the Great Reset happened... Uh, under COVID land, the high school theater production, people like Peter Thiel cheered it on. 
People like Klaus Schwab cheered it on. People like John Kerry, while he was representing Joe Biden, went over to the World Economic Forum and told him Joe Biden would accelerate the Great Reset. All right? So it's not a conspiracy theory, folks. This is actually happening. You wonder where all your problems come from, all the things that you watch at the surface level. All designed, all orchestrated. It's all strategic. All right, it goes on to say, Musk believes Tesla's driver assistance system will save many lives and has said he has... Uh, he is irritated by the publicity around the federal safety investigation into his autopilot system. But government officials say it's worth looking into whether the self-driving system was a factor in crashes, including some that were fatal. Few want a head-on confrontation with Musk. Right, just like few wanted a head-on confrontation with Trump, right? Biden got into one after Musk was not invited to a White House conference on electric vehicles in August 2021. Musk tweeted that the snub was the, quote, next level of insanity, end quote, and that Biden was controlled by unions, right? Musk also has been drawing attention to any Biden misstep, including when he mistakenly read instructions meant only for him on his teleprompter. Okay, so Musk plays the game. He has to lower himself to the standards of the average IQ person here in the United States, right? Like talking about Biden mispronouncing crap on a teleprompter. Who the hell cares? Biden's not even real. I mean, it may be a person, but it's a joke. They put him there to laugh at us. Seriously, we went from a reality show star to a uh, the, the Crypt Keeper from Tales of the Crypt. And um, so it's, it's, it's a joke. It's WWE wrestling. And the fact that Elon Musk injects himself into this, because if Elon Musk was real, he wouldn't be trying to move forward with the technocracy, but he'd be using his platform to tell people about how corrupt the system is, and it's all a joke. Instead, he's working on engineering humanity out of existence and pushing people towards psychedelics on Joe Rogan's show and the rest of this technocratic transhumanist stuff. All right, it goes on to say, apart from not wanting to get on his bad side, many in Washington admire his accomplishments and want to work with him. At the Pentagon, there are many who see Musk as a secret weapon. Well, how's he a secret weapon? He's not really a secret, is he? His Starlink satellite systems mean Ukraine soldiers have real-time information about military targets, and other countries are looking how it can help their defense efforts, right? There you go. Tony Stark rolling in the uh, rolling in the secret weapon Starlink system. See, there's Starlink being used for military, but they're not going to give you Starlink internet at your rural farm now. See how this works? It was always designed for this, and the military-industrial complex is at the forefront of the prison planet matrix technocracy. As you can see by all of the fine doctors they trot out to speak and lecture at West Point Military Academy about how to kill everybody with their lab-grown diseases, genetic modification, and transcranial stimulation devices. It goes on to say, in April, the White House said Musk was invited to a discussion about electric cars and charging stations and did make an appearance by teleconferencing. Quote, we used to be on the same page. Now we are not always. It's great when we are, end quote, said one member of Congress. Quote, one thing is clear. Musk believes he knows best and he will do whatever he wants. And that can be good and it can be bad, end quote. Meanwhile, Musk is also working 
on an ever-growing number of ventures, from building robots that can cook dinner to plans for colonizing Mars. Uh, Leopold, the historian, said Musk power is not like anything the country has seen before. Quote, we should be worried, not because it's inevitable that his influence would be malignant, but it's inevitable that it would be a huge influence, end quote. So I'm telling you, folks, it's the end of the article there, but I'm telling you, this is the narrative. This is the setup for the rise of what will be the first president, the first anointed leader of the technocracy. So they're creating this narrative that Elon Musk, a front man for the government, a front man for the state, the state which is 100% on board and behind technocratic transhumanism, the state that develops all of these technologies inside of NASA, inside of DARPA, inside of the CIA, and then funnels them out to the universities and to the private companies led by people like Peter Thiel or Elon Musk, the state is 100% behind it. So this narrative, this battle that's been framed up between Musk and the government is to put Musk, he probably has something like a 60% approval rating, I don't even know, I would just imagine it is, he can't be president, so what they're doing is they're going to build him up, basically this Basically, he's just a puppet for the military-industrial complex, so they're going to build him up as this great leader. He's going to be challenging the entire government. He's going to say that the government partnered with him and gave him subsidies and gave him contracts because he was fighting to protect America. He was fighting to protect the West. He was fighting to protect America's allies. And now the government has turned on him, Tony Stark. They've turned on Tony Stark. And they want to strip him of his Iron Man suit, but that is going to give him, um, uh, it's going to help him with the rise to power, and this is where he'll be able to start publicly, maybe even starting to frame it in more uh, layman's terms, he'll be more honest and open about it that the technocracy would resolve these problems, that the scientists and engineers could engineer a better world for us to live in. He already does that. The technocrats do it. But this may be the beginning of a bigger push coming out of Musk as they set up the battle between him and the old world good good old boy network of Washington, D.C. Mark my words, folks. It is coming, and I believe Musk is the one that they have anointed to play the part Bill Gates was obviously too much of a creepy Kermit the Frog puppet with a Mr. Rogers sweater. And so when he went out there and started talking about all of his ideas, innovating to zero, somebody finally said, Bill has helped us advance this. We jabbed up everybody in the world. Bill did a great job, but he's too creepy. Let's throw the uh, whole Jeffrey Epstein wife thing at him, the Melinda Gates breakup, and let's move him off the stage, and we'll give rise to Elon Musk. I'm sure that Steve Jobs at one point was offered a position uh, because he was more charismatic, but the problem with him was... um, he died of cancer. (laughs) So I just have this funny feeling that Musk is the guy they've chosen. They put him out there in the black leather jacket. And so he is going to play Tony Stark, at least for the foreseeable future, ladies and gentlemen. They've been putting Peter Thiel out there, but he cannot give a speech to save his own life. And his own life will end up in 
immortality inside of the singularity metaverse anyway but i'm telling you folks that's it i want to end that article there when we get back i'm going to talk about the personalized feedback loop just so you're a little aware of this in your life while you're doing research or you're playing around on social media ladies and gentlemen i'll be right back right here on pain.tv slash gold my name is dustin gold and this is the dustin gold standard you're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. You are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. And this is pain.tv slash gold. All right, folks. Let us move on from Elon Musk, the real-life Tony Stark, folks. Hopefully, we won't have to bring him back up for a little while because, frankly, I get bored of Musk but I know this stuff is important to cover because there's new people tuning in all the time, and a lot of people have been bamboozled by the real-life Tony Stark. And so we've covered him a lot on this show, and I will continue to do so as long as the worldwide social engineers dangle him out there as our savior. He is anything but, ladies and gentlemen. One day you will come to the sad reality that there are no billionaires out to save us, that they are all liars, criminals, and thieves, and the technocratic transhumanists are nothing more than hijackers, hackers, and pirates of humanity and the natural world. Okay, I want to show you this, because yesterday I was talking to you a little bit about personalized feedback loops in the article we reviewed uh, from 2017 on Forbes, when Forbes began to introduce the idea of transhumanism into the lexicon of entrepreneurs and small business owners. While we were fast asleep, they were already rolling out this idea of transhumanism to uh, people in the business world. And so I talked about this from some personal experience, and I found this article uh, there's so much stuff on this, folks. I mean, you could dig for hours upon hours upon hours and read about this and learn about this. There's so many different technologies. But I want to bring you back sort of to the beginning, the beginning of this concept of the personalized feedback loop driving people into their own echo chambers. And this goes back to May 2011 written by Natasha Singer in the New York Times. This is called The Trouble with the Echo Chamber Online. And although the beginning of this really goes back to the launch of social media and stuff of that nature, this is around the time when Google started changing the way that search results worked. And I explained that in episode 68, so I'm not going to talk about that again. But it did change the way that search optimization worked, uh, search engine optimization, and so this was the beginning of really heavily starting to push us into our own choose-your-own-adventure world, which is the very beginning, sort of the test pilot of how the metaverse, the cyber world, the digital prong of the fourth industrial revolution, the merger of physical, digital, and biological works. 
All right. So let me read you this because this was actually a really good article. It says, on the web, we often see what we like and like what we see. Whether we know it or not, the internet creates personalized e-comfort zones for each one of us. All right. Are you understanding that? The internet creates personalized e-comfort zones for each and every one of us. Okay. It's your safe space. Give a thumbs up to a movie on Netflix or a thumbs down to a song on Pandora. Defriend a bore on Facebook or search for just about anything on Google. All of these actions feed into algorithms that then try to predict what we want or don't want online. Okay. Also, also, it is creating a digital footprint on you. We've talked about that extensively in past episodes. It says, and what's wrong with that? Plenty. According to Eli Pariser, the author of, quote, The Filter Bubble, What the Internet is Hiding from You, end quote. Personalization on the web, he says, is becoming so pervasive that we may not even know what we're missing. The views and voices that challenge our own thinking. Quote, People love the idea of having their feelings affirmed, end quote. Mr. Prazer told me earlier this month, not me, the author of the article, quote, if you can provide that warm, comfortable sense without tipping your hand that your algorithm is pandering to people, then all the better, end quote. All right, let's read that again. If you can provide that warm, comfortable sense without tipping your hand that the the algorithm is pandering to people, then all the better. All right, so back then in 2011, it was all about hiding the idea of the algorithms, okay, doing this, creating a personalized feedback loop. It said, Mr. Pariser, the board president of the progressive advocacy group, moveon.org, all right? Now, I know anyone who's followed politics, Uh, I'm reading from the New York Times. We're referencing moveon.org. Don't worry about this stuff, folks. There's so much information that's been published over the years that a lot of us ignored, but because it came out of leftist group or leftist organizations. Uh, I'm not saying that I support the New York Times or moveon.org, but I'm saying that the information they're talking about is true. Now, I put in my analysis because we have to read between the lines and explain a lot of this stuff because, again, Everything comes from this direction of misinformation or disinformation, where 95%, the core of what they're talking about is actually true, but then they try to push people in different directions, like the article we just reviewed on Elon Musk. Everything in that article, if I fact-checked every dollar amount, everything was probably accurate. I would say it's probably 95% accurate on the information. But the idea is that they're trying to set up this story that Elon Musk is battling with the federal government when I believe the goal is that they're actually helping his rise. Okay, so that's where the misdirection comes in. They give you the truth, but then they push you in the wrong direction so that you come to... A different conclusion, the conclusion that they want you to come to, not the real conclusion. So don't worry about this coming from moveon.org. The fact is, back in 2011, they're talking about these personalized feedback loops. And um, we will get into this momentarily. Again, I'll break this down for you and show you where the misdirection is. 
And uh, hopefully by tomorrow, you'll no longer have to hear my sniffles because um, the cold is pretty much gone. I just have a little bit of mucus back in my nose, and that's it, folks. It says, uh, Mr. Pariser, the board president of the progressive advocacy group MoveOn.org, recounted a recent experience he had on Facebook. He went out of his way to, quote, friend, end quote, people with conservative politics. When he didn't click on their updates, as often as those of his like-minded contacts, he says, the system dropped the outliers from his newsfeed. Now, we know that even happens today. All right, so if you follow 500 people on Twitter, but you really only engage or interact with 12 of them, eventually Twitter will drop the uh, updates from the people you're not really engaging with. Now, at the same time, all right, if we want to believe that these algorithms are disingenuous and they are nefarious, then what they will actually do is start to only show you things to push you in a certain direction, to manipulate you, to mind control you. All right, so we know that happens as well. It goes on to say, personalization, he argues, channels people into feedback loops or, quote, filter bubbles, end quote, of their own uh, predilections. Facebook did not respond to emails seeking comment. In an ideal world, the web would be a great equalizer, opening up the same unlimited vistas to everyone. Personalization is supposed to streamline discovery on an individual level. It's certainly convenient. All right, let's, let's just read that again. In an ideal world, the web would be a great equalizer, opening up the same unlimited vistas to everyone. Personalization is supposed to streamline discovery on an individual level. But do you understand what's actually happening? This also couples in with gamification, which we've talked about here. But what's happening in this concept of personalization? Um, and, and, and let's see. Let's think about it from the conversation, the interview I did with the Broadway director, who was talking about the gamification of the live events, where the audience basically votes on what direction the uh, play is going to move in. Does actor A decide to open the gift box, or does he not open the gift box? Does actor B yell at the grandma or not yell at the grandma? And so what's happening when you are surfing the web either through a browser or you're on Netflix or you're on Amazon Prime or you're looking at stuff on uh, different websites, okay? Each click you make, you're entering certain data as if it's a choose-your-own-adventure. So let's say it's the first time ever that you open Google and you search up, I don't know, uh, sandwich shop, and then you click on a Cuban sandwich shop. Well, the next time it's going to serve you up results when you're looking for a sandwich shop based around the Cuban sandwich shop because you had selected to choose your own adventure. Now, some people would say, oh, this is great. It's going to help me find the things that I want instead of making me look at everything. But the point is, is now you don't have access to everything because the algorithm, the artificial intelligence is actually now choosing what it's going to show you. So it's limiting your access to the world. It would be like walking outside and only seeing the things that you want to see, but not seeing everything else. And so the AI can now manipulate you 
because it may serve you up only the things that the system, the state, the techno- uh, technocrats want you to see. So do you understand the beginning of this, when they were developing this, was not about, okay, this is the misdirection. It was not about serving you up better ads. That's what they told us a long time ago. We collect data on you, and we know if you like dogs, then we're going to show you dog food ads instead of showing you cat food ads. That was how they sold this to people, to get people to be desensitized to it and say, well, it's only about ads. And then it became search. Like, we're only going to show you pizza restaurants, uh, let's say, like a traditional Napoli pizza versus Detroit pizza because you only like Napoli pizza, all right? So that is how it works. That's how they sold it and desensitized people to it. But in the end, what it does is it allows them to program you, to mind control you, because it's no longer about you choosing your own adventure it's about them choosing the adventure they want you to go on ladies and gentlemen the adventure i'm going to go on is to the bathroom i'll be right back this is dustin gold with the dustin gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to Pain.tv slash gold. All right, folks. So what I'm explaining here... And this is just the most simple, 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 simple part of it, okay? But I have people that tell me, you know, they're looking for articles that they used to see that don't exist anymore. Well, sometimes you can find them if you search more directly, but what's happening is they're not letting you see those articles. They've moved you away, either from the personalized algorithm that you train through your selections, Uh, And so what I do a lot of times is I will use different search engines. I will use a VPN to block my IP, and it will sometimes allow me to see more stuff because I don't want to just search right-leaning publications. When I'm looking up transhumanism or technocracy, I don't want to get articles from InfoWars because I used to look at InfoWars years ago. I want to see what's written about it in, um, you know, in academic uh, literature, white papers, stuff like that. So sometimes I have to trick the algorithms by pulling up different browsers. I think I have seven different browsers on my phone. I have a VPN. I have a VPN here, and I turn it off and change the IPs just to be able to get access to it. It's like going into a library and pulling out all the old drawers with the Dewey Decimal System cards, and you only have access to one-tenth of them because for one year you only read about, I don't know, recipes. So now it's not going to show you anything on history or anything on science or whatever else you want to look at. So this is why a lot of people are having problems with that. Also, again, people look up something like psychedelics, and the next thing you know, they're getting all these ads on psychedelics or it's promoting tweets into your feed on psychedelics and all of a sudden you think psychedelics are everywhere uh that's all part of driving you into a personalized echo chamber feedback loop let's read a little more about this it says if you type quote 
bank, end quote, into Google. The search engine recognizes your general location. That's geolocating. That's been going on for quite a while. Goes on to say sending results like, quote, Bank of America, end quote, to users in the United States or, quote, Bank of Canada, end quote, to those north of the border. If you choose to share more data by logging into Gmail and enabling a function called web history, Google records the sites you visit and the links you click. Now, if you search for, quote, Apple, end quote, it learns and remembers whether you're looking for an iPad or a Cox's Orange Pippin, a type of Apple. We got the organic wine crisps the other day from our farm lady. They were delicious delicious folks but um you see what i'm saying and this is back in 2011 it's even more direct now and they can track you not just through your browser but through your actual device and since anyone on the apple network is sharing their ipad to their phone to their this and they're all on family plans it's tracking everything all the time and then all of your smart devices are connected because if you have a smart TV or uh, Amazon Fire or an Apple TV or a Comcast Flex, you know, all these things, you're logged into the various streaming services. It's all connected. They're tracking you across everything. And this is part of what Web3 or the metaverse will be, is tracking you across everything in the Internet, and it will be through your avatar basically your digital twin all right this is where all this stuff goes folks it goes on to say if you're a foodie says jake hubert a google spokesman quote over time you'll see more results for apple the fruit not for apple the computer and that's based on your web history end quote the same idea applies at netflix as customers stream movies the recommendation system not only records whether those viewers generally enjoy comedies but also also can fine-tune suggestions to slapstick or more cerebral humor, says John Ciancutti, the company's vice president for personalization technology. But in an effort to single out users for tailored recommendations or advertisements, personalization tends to sort people into categories that may limit their options. It is a system that cocoons users diminishing the kind of exposure to opposing viewpoints necessary for a healthy democracy says jaron lanier a computer scientist and the author of quote you are not a gadget end quote and and let me just say as i said yes the personalization algorithms right so this is what they make the debate about is that it will build um basically personalized search based on the adventure you choose by clicking certain links and so it builds a digital footprint on you that then later uh, manipulates what you're going to see but at the same time they can manipulate you at any time listen for all you know you could be on twitter and maybe you're conversing with 10 percent real people and the rest are bots but here's the thing they could run the technology is there i mean and i I didn't investigate this i'm just telling you it could be there you could be engaging with a bot getting into a heated debate over let's say the vaccine and you may be the only person who sees the bot and other people don't see the bot it could be targeted to you specifically pushing you into basically this fake cyber world it's a personalized adventure And so at the end of the day, you can end up having everyone in this country living inside their own personalized echo chamber if they're sitting around interacting with smart products most of the day. 
I told you, I have conversations with real people who know that I'm at least into following politics who will run up to me at the grocery store, people that work there, and they'll start talking to me about something they were engaged in on Twitter for the last two hours as if I was there and I know what the hell they're talking about. And they're, and they're literally telling me, like, Unicorn 62 got in a fight with J.J. McCallis, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, rep, former relative of mine was like a total sociopath. And uh, this he would come up to me and start having a conversation with me as if I was just with him two weeks ago sitting in an office where he had a conversation. And, and I'll have to stop him and say, can you start over? I have no idea what you're talking about. And so now they literally have people running around living in Choose Your Own Adventure that assume that everyone else is right there next to them. Uh, this stuff is actually driving people crazy. Goes on to say, quote, people tend to get into this echo chamber where more and more of what they see confirms to the idea uh, conforms to the idea of what some software thinks they are like a nascar dad who likes samurai swords end quote mr lanier says quote you start to become more and more like the image of you because that is what you are seeing end quote see it's actually manipulating people's personality their very being this plays right into transhumanism the transitional phase from human to post-human, no longer human, because now they're manipulating your mind. All intentional, folks. It's all part of the big picture. It goes on to say, Mr. Lanier, who is currently doing research at Microsoft Lab, emphasized that his comments were his own personal opinions. If you want to test your own views on personalization, you could try a party trick by Mr. Pariser demonstrated earlier this year during a talk at the TED conference back in 2011, remember. Ask some friends to simultaneously search Google for a controversial term like gun control or abortion, then compare results. This is about what I told you um, yesterday in a personal experience from some conferences I went to. Quote, it's totally creepy if you think about it, end quote, said Shay Chun, a filmmaker who agreed to participate in a similar experiment at a recent dinner party we both attended in Brooklyn. Five of us used our phones to search for, quote, is Osama really dead? Question mark, end quote. A phrase Mr. Chun suggested. Although our top 10 results included the same link to Yahoo Canada Answers, in first place, two of us also received a link to a post on JewishJournal.com, a newspaper site. Meanwhile, Mr. Chun and two other filmmakers had links to more conspiratorial sites like DeadBodies.info. For Mr. Chun, who visits a variety of true crime websites as part of his screenplay research, but tends to favor sites that sell vintage t-shirts in his private life, the personalization felt a little too, well, personal. Quote, you are used to looking at the internet uh, voyeuristically, end quote, he said. All right. He goes on to say, it's weird to have the Internet looking back at you and saying, yeah, I remember things about uh, what you have done and gearing the searches to those sites, end quote. With television people, 
Uh, with television, people can limit their exposure to dissenting opinions simply by flipping the channel to, say, Fox from MSNBC. And, of course, viewers are aware they're actively choosing shows. The concern with personalization algorithms is that many consumers don't understand or may not even be aware of the filtering methodology. And, again, it's not just about filtering it and serving you up based on your interest. They could actually be manipulating you and serving you up content that they want you to see or hiding stuff from you that they don't want you to see all right it goes on to say personalized web services mr pariser says could do more to show users a wider angle view of the world but some of the most popular sites they have already built diversity into their personalization platforms See, again, now that's just continuing to manipulate people. So they're making the decision on diversifying the results. When, if this was all fair and they wanted you to be able to uh, to be able to filter things based on what you want to see or your habits, then every browser, every search mechanism would be run similar to the days of looking up uh, an airplane ticket on kayak.com where you would just put in the filters that you want to have, right? So they wouldn't be making the decision. You'd be making the actual decision. It goes on to say, quote, people value getting information from a wide variety of perspectives. So we have algorithms in place designed specifically to limit personalization and promote variety in the results page, quote, said Mr. Hubert, the Google spokesman. He added that the company looked forward to, quote, carefully reviewing Mr. Pariser's analysis of this important issue, end quote. At Netflix, the system recommends a mix of titles, some with high confidence of viewer enjoyment and others about which it is less sure, Mr. C. and Cuddy says. Netflix's flat monthly rate for unlimited streaming, he adds, encourages people to select films like documentaries that they may not have chosen otherwise. Individual users could also do their part. Mr. Pariser suggests people sign up for a range of feeds on Twitter where the posts are unfiltered. Mr. Lanier suggests Tea Party members swap laptops for a day with progressives and observe the different results that turn up on one another's search engines. If we don't chip away at the insulation of census, they caution the promise of the World Wide Web could give way to another world of narcissism net. And that's exactly what has happened folks we see mass narcissism leading to this orchestrated rise in mental illness we've been talking about we said much of this goes back to the days of not just social media launching but the internet itself and especially the ability to carry the internet around in your pocket So as you can see, they have the ability to manipulate you, to drive you into personalized feedback echo chambers. And what is the solution to this? Um, I don't know if there is a solution. I'm not going to sit here and tell you what web browsers to use, you know, how to look at your Twitter feeds and Facebook feeds. I would recommend to get out more in real life and talk to more people. I have become 
a lot more nuanced over the last five, six years in my life because I have conversations with people who purport to be from the left, who, who purport to be from the right, whatever it may be. But I learn a lot from these people, even though years ago I would have just cut them off and walked away from them because I would have said, well, we don't agree, I'm done with you. But a lot of the intelligence I've picked up over the years on technology, on what's going on inside the government, on uh, even homeopathy, even holistic medicine, comes from people that I would not have thought should be included in my personalized feedback echo chamber. Uh, People I would have selected to remove in even real life, not just on social media. So I recommend talking to more people, engaging with more people, especially in the real world. Okay, there are some farmers we work with who provide us with fantastic organic food, but who are deathly afraid of COVID and who are vaccinated. But if I cut that person out of my life because we don't agree on the vaccine, we don't agree on COVID land, the high school theater production, I would be missing out on some pretty damn good food. So just watch out for it, folks. And when you're online, just be very careful of the resources that they are throwing in your face, but look a little harder for the ones that they are trying to hide from you folks. When I am doing research on various topics, I scour the internet, not to try to confirm, not for confirmation bias, but so that I could put together an entire story so I can find all sides of it as I am constantly seeking out the truth. And the truth generally lies somewhere Not in the middle, but in the place where they're hiding it. So just like this story here where it's mainly focused on why personalization could be dangerous, what they're hiding is the fact that the personalization can then be driven. The algorithms, the AI behind the personalization could be driven to push you into an echo chamber that they want you to live in. And then they will continue to confirm your biases to the point that they turn you into a narcissist, believing that everyone around you believes the same thing. But that is because they are controlling your mind and manipulating you by pumping the information into your mind that you want to hear, not necessarily the stuff that you need to hear. So ladies and gentlemen, I hope you have a wonderful evening. I hope you had a great weekend. Tomorrow, I'm going to pick back up with this article on bioethics and transhumanism as we work ourselves back into finishing the Dr. James Giordano speech. Have a great night, ladies and gentlemen. I am Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world. Built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold. <laughs>